0: and welcome back to another episode of the Backwater Entrepreneur, podcast and show that guides your business from the backwaters to the global marketplace. My name is Jack, and I'm your host, and this is another special episode where I have a guest on the show. So you already know that in the podcast, uh, we have short-form episodes and long-form episodes. In specials, we have guests, and in today's guests, in today's guest... um, With today's guest, (laughs) I'm going to talk about marketing, social marketing, and some tips and tricks on what backwater entrepreneurs should do when they do social marketing. So my guest today is Zachary Jarvis. From Magnate, uh, a UK company that does and specializes in social media marketing. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So, first of all, uh, Zach, uh, we're very glad to have you here in Serbia. Um, you've been here for a couple of days and you're planning to stay. So, how do you like it so far?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So, I started off in uh, Budapest last weekend, crossed the border. I'm here. Um, yeah, enjoying it.
0: Fantastic. So can you tell for the public uh, and the audience, so who is Zachary Jarvis and What do you do at Magnate? Cool.
1: Yeah, so um, I was going (laughs) to introduce by saying my name is, but you've done that bit for me. So uh, I'm 25, um, and as you said, I run a a social marketing agency called Magnate. Um, I started back when I was 17 as a a web design business, um, just to make a bit of extra money. The websites were pretty shit, but it it did the job. And uh, from there, it kind of... um, changed into a venture and SEO business and natural progression took it to a social media business about three years ago. Um, and at Magnate, what we do, we focus on helping our clients get more leads, more sales, more revenue via social media. Uh, we found it to be the most effective platform right now in 2018. Um, yeah, and that's our focus: making our clients the highest return.
0: So, basically, in marketing, we have lots of different styles of marketing. Mm-hmm. So, we have direct marketing, we have content marketing, we have social media marketing. So, in uh, uh, in layman's terms, so what is so specific? About social media marketing. Mm. So, basically, what is social media marketing? Is it only Facebook marketing? Is it only Instagram? Is it, you know,
1: what is considered? Sure, really good question. First of all, um, and I'm going to kind of preface it with a, a slight, slight digression, in as much as why. As a company and why I also enjoy social media Um, and the main reason um, is really there's three pillars to it one it lets you have a creative element you get to make videos graphics creative copy landing pages all that kind of stuff you've got the data the science part so you've got real hard numbers and facts and science Um, and then you've also got the financial side so you have the impact of actually um, generating sales generating revenue so it kind of offers a really big mix um, of a lot of different things in terms of what is social media um, i think there's a, an old explanation and a new a new explanation the old explanation is singular platforms like facebook like instagram for business to business you've got linkedin uh, twitter snapchat um, but i think the new uh version or the new wording or phrasing it's a little bit different to that because if you look at um New apps, um, And I'm trying to think of a good example. We'll say something like WhatsApp. Traditionally, that wouldn't have been. That would have been a communication tool. You could say even something like Slack um, is a a social media tool. Uh, And I guess what I'm trying to get at is that it's transcending into everything online. And I think social, if you look at social inherently, it's people communicating with people. And that's all the internet is. And in social media marketing, we
0: often have the stigma of, you know, the organic social media Mm -hmm. and communication and engagement. engagement on social media marketing, as well as the other forms. So ads, promotions, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Mm -hmm. uh, running LinkedIn ads, whatever it is. So when you advise clients to use social media marketing, is it a mix of those things or are you focused, you know, you should use social media marketing because you have to have a budget for social media Mm -hmm. marketing.
1: Yeah. Another really good question. And I think that what I always, um, do when I first meet a client or introduce to a client or as a, someone that's onboarded is for us is really important to know uh, first of all where is their business where do they want to go from there we want to find out if they already have or help them develop an ideal customer Once we know the ideal customer and what they want to sell to the ideal customer, we can advise which route is best to go and be it organic, be it paid. Now, the reality is the best right now is Facebook and Instagram. It's the most predictable. It's the most scalable. It does cost money, but for what you get, it's just so cheap.
0: Mm -hmm. And can you tell me, so amongst all of the social media, and this has been, uh, I've talked about this with another guest on on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Many people in the beginning of their business, in the beginning of their Mm -hmm. company, uh, when they're producing content and getting on social media, think that they need to be everywhere Mm -hmm. or that they are nowhere in that sense. But when they decide to go into social media marketing, so we have to have Facebook, we have to have Instagram, we have to have Twitter, we have to have everything in that sense. So... How do people need to decide which social media they need to be on?
1: Sure. Really good question. So what most people do is they create content for the sake of creating content. And that's a big no-no because then you start making a random video and it gets posted on all the platforms. And all that does is generate vanity metrics. So likes and reach, but stuff that doesn't translate into real-world business, real-world ROI. So kind of going back to what I said before, Once you know who your ideal customer is, it's simply a case of looking where they spend their attention already. Are they spending their time on Twitter? Are they spending their time on Facebook? Are they spending their time on Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, and so on? And it's literally a case of you just need to get their attention where they're already spending it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are the most important things to think about in social media? So you mentioned personas and developing the content mm-hmm. for the specific um, kind of, um, um, you know, setup on social media and, and uh, how do we present ourselves on social media? Is that the most important thing or are there anything else?
1: Sure. So I guess that comes down to business objective. So most of the time I'd say start with the end in mind and it typically falls into one of three categories or a mix and it's generally leads sales and awareness once you actually know what it is you're trying to achieve you can reverse engineer so for example if it's solely awareness you're going for you can create more light-hearted generic content spend a little bit of budget and just get some reach if it's leads that you need, then you need to start creating specific website, landing pages. You need to build a more cohesive strategy that's going to be testing a lot more different things. And then when it comes to sales, i.e. you're selling a product online. At that point, you need to start implementing more advanced uh, tools. Facebook Pixel, for example, offers some really, really in-depth, um, actionable data. In the analytics tab, we find it in many instances better than Google Analytics. So there's also a lot of stuff that, is free um but yeah
0: mhm cool so um you mentioned strategies mm-hmm. right now um the most important thing uh which most people don't know is kind of before you start doing anything in marketing so mm-hmm. whether it's social media whether it's marketing is to develop a strategy so what are your kind of key insights into what should be a business strategy and what goes into creating a business strategy that is successful for our business. So what do people running businesses or running marketing need to think about when creating a strategy?
1: Sure. So with that, it ties in with the starting with the end in mind. And what the end in mind is when you're looking at revenue, um, it comes down to two things. And a lot of businesses, I'm so surprised, some big businesses that we work with, uh, don't know it, and you really need two numbers. You need to know what's the lifetime value of your customer, how much they're going to be worth to you over a year, two years, three years, four years, five years. Who are they gonna to refer to you? Who are they gonna recommend? Um, there was a book I was reading recently about uh, restaurant marketing and how one amazing customer over their lifespan is actually worth 100,000 pound plus because of all of the snowball referrals, recommendations. It made a lot of sense. So once you know the lifetime value of a customer, you need to know what your acquisition cost is. So how much are you prepared to pay to get that customer? Now, not all customers are created equal. There might be some customers who are worth, are worth a lot more money to you so you should pay a lot more money to acquire them. If you've got a customer that just about breaks even, you might not even want to get that customer at all. So for me, it's about developing. And sometimes that could be market research. Sometimes businesses have actionable data. Sometimes you do have to kind of guesstimate, which is more frustrating, but you just bake that into the process. Mm-hmm. Um and once you know those numbers, you can start to do specific research. So, for example, if you know you want to add X amount of revenue in a 12-month window, you know how much, how many customers you need to get that, you have a good idea on how much it's going to cost to get those customers, you then can start going a bit more specific. You start thinking, okay, who is it that's going to buy this product? You get inside the head. What things make them tick? What, make things, what things make them laugh? What things make them cry? And you can start to then build out content that resonates with them, that relates to them, that gets buy-in to your business more than just a, here's a product, buy it. And when you connect those things together, that really is all you need is an initial strategy
0: hmm And uh, from this answer, kind of two questions arise. Mm-hmm. One is, Uh, when you talk about creating content for a specific type of customer in order to acquire them, you don't immediately think about sales, you know, uh, or a salesy ad, Mm -hmm. you know, when uh, we often talk about content marketing and developing content, just that gives value in today's world, because that's what people are looking for, Mm -hmm. that will resonate with them. And then, you know, they'll think about you and come to you because they want to come to you, not just because, you know. Know, here's you know you buy two or buy one get one free or so, something like that. So, uh, what type of content uh, uh, does it go into creating for the uh, for the ideal customer? And the second question is: you mentioned now the ideal customer and before a buyer persona, and there has been a lot of talk about creating buyer personas. Mm-hmm and uh, you know you need to think about the I- ideal customer you need to give him a name uh, set him an you know an age where he works where what he lives what kind of family does he have what is his revenue and so on so do you still think that buyer personas in that sense make sense for all businesses or It should be a little bit wider and and more generic in the sense that, of course, you're not targeting everybody in just one Mm -hmm. town or something like that. But, you know, where is the where is the today difference and the ideal detail of the buyer persona?
1: So I'll answer the content question first. And one of the things we've found the most is that you need an offer. And when I say an offer, I don't necessarily mean a price-driven offer. So most people hear that and they're like, well, I don't want to discount my product or I don't want to give something for free. And that's not necessarily what we mean because when you really know your ideal customer and your market your ideal customer, it might be that they're currently frustrated with how long it takes to, to get your competitor's product in the post. So your offer can be uh, an upgrade to free next day delivery and that might be something you already offer so it's not a case of necessarily giving a discount but an offer you need a hook if you think about advertising online well any advertising you're actually disrupting someone's day you're actually selfishly saying i'm gonna take some time away from why you're on facebook or why you're on instagram so you need to give them something that they actually want in return. Now, if you look at why people go online, people only go online for two reasons. One is to be entertained, and the second is to solve a problem. If your content does neither, you're gonna fail. Your content's not gonna work. Now, in terms of, um, is it a guide? Is it something funny? Is it a video? That really is strategy. And for that, I'd say you just wanna test. Test different things, see what works, see what doesn't. In terms of your persona question, I actually think they're more crucial now than ever. And I think any business that doesn't have a persona or a series of personas uh, or customer avatars is lazy, is my honest answer. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what a persona is, just to double down, um, it's effectively an imaginary customer, uh, their attributes. I know you know this, but just if if you Yeah, of course, doesn't. of course. Um, and what we typically find for clients is that it's quite a, an interesting journey of discovery for them too. Because when we go through um, actually saying, who is your ideal customer? they typically discover those really lucrative customers they've not been tapping into. And in some instances, they've actually been spending loads of resource and budget targeting super low value customers that are actually just giving them revenue churn and no real margin. So I think persona is definitely super important. The scale to which you go in terms of detail, and it could be that you do name, age, job, location, a little bit of a bio. Sure, you might start with that. Or if you've got a specific product and you're doing a specific campaign for a specific product, there might be three or four super important customers. And for those, I would deep dive because all it does is improve your content. The more Mm -hmm. specific you go, the more understanding you have about their pain points, et cetera
0: fantastic so it's a it's a very refreshing point so I recently uh, talked to uh, Roger from the UK also who's a marketing specialist and we talked about you know going into that buyer personas are n- not anymore that detailed or you shouldn't go that detailed mm-hmm. into into buyer personas but um, there are kind of opposing uh, opinions. Uh, m- my business for example, it's always been a question so Animation Explainer Videos is a niche that services all other niches mm-hmm. and creating a buyer persona is hectic, you know, uh, in that sense but on the other hand targeting everybody in a certain region or everybody just from the ages of 17 to 60 is not an option so you need to deep dive a little bit i'm going to double down on that point
1: actually if you're targeting everybody you're targeting nobody yeah because if you're you've got a product that's focused towards a 25 year old female and in your demographic of targeting or your content is made generic and you've got a 50 year old um you know retired guy with three kids it's not going to make sense
0: oh it's fantastic when people retire in 50 (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I was I was I was thinking of a pretty pretty successful guy here. So <laughs> cool.
0: So I would like to retire at fifty. So um, okay, cool. So we talked about social media and social media marketing, and what are the metrics mm-hmm. that we need to follow? Or when we uh, outsource the job to a media sure. marketing agencies, what are the metrics that we are expecting them mm-hmm. to kind of target?
1: Sure, so I'm going to start at the end and then come to the the front. And I'll give you some kind of benchmarks that we typically advise as a real minimum as well. So the last uh, metric and most important is acquisition cost. How much does it cost to get the new customer, to get the lead? Um, Or even if it is awareness, how much it cost to get? Because most people that want awareness, they want to reach a certain size of uh, audience or a certain amount of people. So you start with that. Then before that is typically your conversion rate. Um, So what are you converting from the prior action to the cost that, that actually generates you the lead or the sale. So that's typically going to be like a landing page. So it would be how many people have landed on a specific web page or a specific offer or a specific service, how many people have converted, and how much does that cost on average. So those are the end stats. The stats that sit in the middle are stuff like CPM. So, how much does it cost to, to get that per thousand impressions? If you're spending more than about £10 on that, uh, in the UK, uh, that would work out to <laughs> I'm trying to do an on the fly, about three and a half thousand dinner, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no it's not that. it's about that. it's about 12, 1,300, 1,300, yeah, yeah, sorry. It's
0: sorry. an international audience, so so let's stick to pounds.
1: Sure, you I, need, know? <laughs> I need to get forex, start working them all out. But sure, so about 10 pounds um, on CPM, then you've got click-through rate. So of the people that are seeing it, how many people are clicking? Now, if you're not getting a 1% minimum of a CTR, that means that people aren't interested in your offer, or your position, or exactly what you're saying. There are certain instances where you can break that rule, but if you're getting started, at 1% CTR, CTR stands for click-through rate for anyone that doesn't yeah. know. Um CTR, CPM, yeah. And they're really the the main, you know, the main statistics. Before that, the only real difference is that you want to be testing different audiences, different ads, different campaigns, because you can then test them benchmarks. And that's fantastic. When
0: I talk to, you know, clients and companies who are not doing marketing or who have been doing marketing two years ago and, and still stick to the old ways, you know, I, I constantly hear metrics, you know, how many likes do you have? Mm. How many people engaged with a the post? Van- the vanity. The vanity the, uh, uh, in, uh, metrics. So, but these are the kind of really metrics that we need to address when we are, you know, looking for ROI. Or yeah, on and,
1: and obviously on top of those percentages and costs, you're gonna actually have how many people saw this, how many people clicked on it, how many people went onto the, the landing page or the website or whatever whatever it is, the, the asset, um, and then how many people actually converted to, to your action. The addition to that is that a lot of the time you're going to have retargeting. So mm-hmm. when someone's visited but hasn't converted, then you'll have a different strategy. Uh, but it's all similar in terms of the the cost and the layout.
0: Can you comment on, on uh, those kind of metrics or, or usual marketing practices that people always refer to when you're doing social media marketing and you should not always sell in every post? Mm-hmm. But at some point, you need to have an ask. You need to have, mm-hmm. you know, like like Gary Vaynerchuk says, jab, 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 then hook Mm -hmm. in in that sense. So how, how much do people need to think about, you know, giving value Mm -hmm. and and content marketing versus actually call for a sale? So now buy
1: from me. So I think when you look at, there's a couple of different things with that. You can look at a journey and you could be, it could be that you do a video that's value add and then you retarget. So if some, excuse me, if someone watches Three minutes, of video content, then you'll give them an offer for, say, a consultation if you're an accountant, for example. But the other way you can do it, you can look at placements. Um, and what we would typically advise is your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed, for example. You keep really organic, really value-add, real branded content, and then you use dark posts. So the ads, the only people that you target see, um, that's where we'd put the offers typically in or the sale or the hook. Now, depending on the product, there are certain instances where you can do something called CTS, cold to sold. And that is basically on the first hit you're selling them something. And that only really works if you've got um, a really strong irresistible offer. So it's typically gonna be something for free or something that they really need or something that's quick. Um, however, if you've got a high-value product, you're trying to sell a supercar or a holiday or a house or, or even you know, expensive fashion items, you typically need to you know make a trailer or get them interested before you go for the sale. And a lot of small businesses, they just want to make money, so they put one ad up, throw a bit of money on it. They didn't really take into account what that person was doing on the internet. Or they don't want to be disturbed. And then they're like, social media doesn't work. It was a waste of money. And a lot of people, most people I actually speak to um, utilize it as a cost, whereas they should be using it as an investment that actually makes the money.
0: Mm. and um, another thing I'm usually seeing with businesses is they're focused on sales Mm -hmm. and a lot of businesses want to automate everything I I recently spoke to a um, a former uh, uh, partner I was doing uh, in a a previous company and he wants to automate everything Mm -hmm. until he gets to a sale he doesn't even want to talk to anybody just you know click 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 sell you know and just get a notification of the sale and what people don't usually pay too much attention to is really the the lead acquisition lead generation Mm -hmm. gathering leads and nurturing them in that sense and a lot of clients who do high value items uh, production items need to basically first do their conversion is a a phone call a consultation call or or, uh, some sort of an inquiry on email Um, and for that so again two questions so What would be your, you know, advice for, you know, kind of a funnel, lead funnel Mm -hmm. in that sense? And what would be your advice for best version of lead generation? Okay.
1: So the main thing I'd actually say, just to preface that again, is that most people that get into business, get into business to do something they love or they're passionate about, or they have an opportunity or they see an opportunity. Most people aren't in business to market themselves and sales and revenue typically comes second. So it's completely understandable. You mean
0: most successful businesses? Because I know a lot of businesses that are in business just to make a profit. <laughs> and how good are they? Well, I said a lot of successful businesses are what you said. Sure, <laughs> these are not that successful. They are very short-lived, mm-hmm. and they make a lot of mistakes. But there are too many businesses nowadays in business just to make money.
1: Yeah, no, and I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. But if you want to automate and you want to get to that level, then you need. You need to have an edge. You need to be really fucking good. And if you're just in business to make money, you're typically not going to be striving towards something bigger, which is typically what it needs to get people to buy in to the vision and to the mission um, and to your content. Because I do feel that online, especially more so now, the authenticity does show. And just as importantly, if someone's trying to do something scammer or gray area consumers are getting more and more intelligent and more and more informed so it's actually becoming harder so there's some benefits there to answer your question in terms of the funnel um what are we talking b2b b2c let's say b2b okay b2b um one, if you're, give me a bit of an give me a bit of an insight. What kind of industry? Just so I can.
0: Let's say uh, most of our uh, most of our audience are probably IT industry. Okay,
1: cool. So um, first of all, look at again your ideal customer. What's the the biggest problem that they have? What's the biggest solution that you can uh, actually help them with? What you do, um, and then make content that surrounds that. That's really high value. It could be a guide, it could be a video, it could be a webinar, ebook, whatever it is. I then make ads which literally directly tie into their pain points. So, you know, we know you're frustrated with X, Y, Z. So what we've done is we've made a completely free guide. Don't worry, there's no sale, there's no obligation, et cetera. Um, Click here. So that's one part of the ad. Then they go, they get the free asset. And only at the end do you say, you know, if you're interested in us helping you out with this, We'd love for you to book a free strategy call or call us or here's a, a coupon if, if it's a SaaS business. And yep. so that's really and I know that sounds basic, but it's more the detail of knowing your other customer, knowing your frustrations, just reverse engineering what your product solves, creating content out of that and then driving traffic via ads um, mm-hmm. And on the back end. So it's almost that very end is where you ask. Where you ask for the you know can we have a call or you know let's let's say it's the next step and with that part you can automate and once you've got that tested refined and locked in that can become like a tap you just turn it on you get more leads you know how much it costs becomes right. predictable
0: and and people nowadays running businesses rarely assume uh, or they're afraid to give free stuff free advice free mm-hmm. um uh, basically value content because uh, they say if if I'm doing this, uh, people will do the stuff by themselves. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you're giving marketing advice uh, and people will do marketing by themselves, and they don't realize that people often in successful companies, in companies that have the money to spend, uh, they don't want to do the stuff. Alone, so mm-hmm. they want to give it to an expert. So, what was uh, what was your experience in, in basically that kind of the the, the limit between giving free advice mm-hmm. and and uh, giving uh, uh, value content to actually. You know the same people getting to contact you
1: sure so i think there's, there's a few different points to that so um first of all, i'll give an example actually of recently about a month or two ago um i was introduced to a potential client by an existing client and um Cutting it right down, they're basically spending about 50k a month on Facebook ad spend. Um, They're getting acceptable ROI, but when we kind of dived into it, the strategy was so bad, like the worst I've ever seen. They weren't testing, things weren't set up properly, nothing was being tracked. It was a mess. They also had a crazy amount of admin going on in-house. They had more staff than they needed just because to manage this big mess. Because they were making money, they didn't care. The reality was they were wasting about, I'd say at least, and I was probably more conservative at the time. They're wasting at least fifty percent of the spend. Yeah. So we're talking like three hundred k a year. They've been doing that for a few years, um, and I gave them probably a couple of hours of free advice, which I don't normally do as such. But I'd been introduced by a client. It was quite an interesting campaign for me, um, so I gave them that. I gave them, a, um, if you like, the pitch and they weren't interested or they were initially, but they didn't want to invest the money. They just want to take it and do it in house. Uh, my understanding is they went on to, to, to implement themselves. I'm not even annoyed. Like, I'm like, cool. Like, <laughs> the reality is, we'll see what happens if they get their own results. Amazing. I spent like two, three hours of them. They've seen enough value. For personal ego, that's enough. Yeah. Um, however, the reality is, could I ever help them get more results? Sure. I demonstrated it. In the meeting, I saved them um, um, about 1,000, 2,000 pounds, like live in the meeting. And their logic was, if we're not spending the money there, we need to spend it elsewhere. But this was spending money for zero purpose it was literally like getting the money and quite literally flushing it down the toilet and yeah. i don't know people use that analogy but literally there was going to be no extra um benefit to them so for me that wasn't annoying that was like cool that's fine and i think that most people need to tap into that because what you find is the more advice you give away for free Magically, you start to get more introductions and more referrals and more leads. And there was a—I was on a flight back from Ibiza, and I was speaking to someone about the business they work in, gave them some strategy advice, and uh, literally as of last week, uh, they introduced me to the director and they became a client. So there's direct correlation between the advice. Um, however, in certain marketing campaigns, you need to stay clear of something called teaching mode, and teaching mode is where. You start to describe exactly what to do on an ABC level because what that does, it typically confuses your proposition. So people start to see you as more of a coach than an expert. Yeah. And that's a problem that I used to fall into a lot. I'm not saying I don't anymore, um, but it's, it's kind of choosing the battles. If it's a client that cares about speed, efficiency, they like working with experts and they're prepared to invest money, just keep it top level. Tell them what you can do and how, but not what to do. There are instances where you should tell people what to do, give them the good stuff, let them get results, and let them come back to you. Um, I think most people have got this real obsession about, I don't want to give anything away for free. But the reality is you're not. You're just giving someone something, and you're going to get 10x back in return
0: fantastic advice. So this podcast is all about backwater entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And what it does, as uh, I explain it to every guest, is basically everybody who targets the global marketplace usually isn't everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you target people who are not close to you. You target people outside your social networks. And if you're doing that, no matter where you are in the U.S., in the U.K., in Africa, you're in some kind of a backwater. So uh, what would be your advice, especially because this is social media marketing and when we do social media marketing, for example, we're in Serbia, we have an international company, our primary clients are in the US because that's the value point in the sense that they know this product they need this product uh, like animation explaining videos and but they're not in my social circles they're not in mm-hmm. my social circles of my friends or my, the friends of my friends what would be your best advice not just for me but everybody mm-hmm. else who is a backward entrepreneur in social media marketing what are the first steps And do we need to immediately spend loads of money or how do we get to our target audience?
1: Sure. So there's a couple of different answers. Typically it's a pay for play game. Now Mm -hmm. you're not going to get significant results without spending money. And what a lot of people do, they want to grow their business exponentially without spending a penny. You get someone who's opened a spreadsheet and they said in, you know, in three hours time, I'm going to get an extra 450 clients. And it's like, well, unless you've got a proven market validated pitch offer funnel strategy etc you're not going to do it so kind of pulling that out into something more actionable than that if you're b2b there is a lot of stuff you can do on linkedin um, that's free easy to get leads if you deploy value you need to basically get people to know you like you trust you build that relationship and then go for the ask and it's a bit laborious it's a bit uh, labor intensive you do need to invest in it but it will provide dividends If you're in a a different segment, we've tried things like personalized cold emails. Um, So we've recorded like custom videos, sent them to uh, clients basically saying, this is how we can help. This is what we can improve. And that's got some really good results. We've got emails that have got an 80% open rate, 20 30% response rates. We've got some instances where we've actually had like 2 3% close rates just from these are cold emails. Mm-hmm. So there, there are things you can do. And we integrated that over social strategy. So if they then went onto the website, we then retargeted them. The main thing I'd say is that if you're looking to double down on Facebook and Instagram, you do need a budget. If you need leads, you need a budget. If you're just going for awareness, cool, do YouTube, do Facebook, do Instagram. But if you actually want to grow revenue, you do need a budget. And you need to know those numbers. You need to know how much is a customer worth, how much you're prepared to pay to get them. Because then you can actually say, you know, we want three new customers this month. To get them, we need 12 new leads. We're prepared to pay £100 a lead. We need £1,200 to spend to acquire those leads. And even if that turns out to be wrong after a month... Because you've started in the confines of a specific data set, numbers, an actual uh, plan, you can say, oh, we need more, we need less, we need to tweak. But you start to become more intelligent in your decisions rather than just throwing shit at the wall.
0: Yeah. Well, fantastic advice. Uh, I would close with this. Zach, thank you very much for being on the show. It was a pleasure. And I hope we'll see you again at some point. Thanks very much. Guys, uh, this has been another episode of the Backwater Entrepreneur. As you know, the you can watch this show on YouTube, on you listen to it on SoundCloud, iTunes, we're on Anchor.fm, and through Anchor we're on loads of different uh, platforms for podcasts. Check out our website, backwaterentrepreneur.com, and please do comment right or, or you know whatever it is, contact me on social media, and let me know what you think. What you, um, if you have a question, if you have a topic that we need to discuss, or if you have a certain person you would like to hear on the show, and I will try to get them on the show. So, in all in all, uh, I'll see you on the next episode of the Backward Entrepreneur. Until then, bye bye. <laughs>
1: do you 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 do you